What's up, Ecosystem? Welcome back to ATI Auto Business. Tuesday Night's Live. My name is Jay. Top auto logistics video news connecting retail, wholesale, logistics, and tech. Your auto transport community media since 2017. Please do leave a like, click share. Thanks for joining. Oh, I don't even have the bell here with me. Uh, tonight's show is, well, let's start off with a welcome. Please do feel welcome to say hello in the live chat and join us for some auto logistics news. Here's the top headlines tonight. UAW strike impact on car hauling. Digital dealer Las Vegas 2023. Clear car by ACV Auctions. Holman EV Transition. And there's a exclusive on ATI, a central dispatch dispatch fraud story so that's coming up in the news so here we go tonight's show uaw strikes the impact on car hauling we're going to dive into a special report update with joe burkari now you know joe burkari he was on oem car haulers part two loading a car a nine car hauler live many other great shows here on ati we are the ecosystem's neutral zone so feel free to join us in our quest to follow the disconnect between sales and operations. If you missed last Tuesday night's show, Transparency with Auto Hauler Exchange, I highly recommend that. We had Royce, Dana, and Frank on the show. They were also on a recent Dispatching Live. And in fact, last week on Dispatching Live, Super Dispatch Support, if you want to learn more about how important support is to your organization, that was a really great show. Now it is time. Let's go ahead and deliver auto logistics news. I do still have a drum roll. There we go. You don't know about the bell? It's coming up. Ding. All right. Nearly 5,000 auto workers have been laid off since the UAW strike began. Now, that was a week ago already. So, what has happened since? We've been trying to keep up with the consequences as they continue to grow. Um,. Joe's going to talk a little bit more about the specific impact. This was reported, it was a week ago, Ford Motor Company with the Bronco, the Explorer, GM in Wentzville, Missouri with the Chevy Colorado GMC Canyon, Stellantis, Toledo Assembly Complex, Jeep Wrangler, Gladiator. But what does all that mean? How does that affect car hauling? Well... It came with this, with the UAW expansion into Ford's Kentucky truck plant, Kentucky, uh, adding 8,700 workers to the picket lines, this became a much bigger deal. And it seems like there was a bit of a showdown with Ford, and that's what led to this. So we're going to learn more about how this affects car hauling. That's what we're going to bring on Joe for. Just want to mention Kentucky truck Kentucky, there it is, see. Kentucky Truck, one of two Ford assembly plants in Louisville, employs roughly 8,700 workers who build Super Duty pickups. This is the big sticking point, the Super Duty pickups, as well as the Ford Expedition and Lincoln Navigator large SUVs. And Joe's also going to be talking about metal stamping plant and the effect of that on the logistics system. Digital Dealer is happening right now. Today was day one at Digital Dealer. And if you're there, you already know all the great seminars happening. I mean, like, yes, there's a seminar, a session, a learning education session on how to use TikTok. Fantastic. I love that. 
I love it when they're thinking ahead. Then there's also a great expo hall. Digital Dealer has a good-sized expo hall, lots of companies. Hey, and there is our friends uh, SYCN Auto Logistics in booth 1812. Ding. The show schedule is something, even if you're not there, check out the show schedule and find out the types of education sessions that are being... I always do this. Whenever, even if I'm not at a show, I go look and learn the agenda, learn how much I can. Uh, showroom to shopping cart, e-commerce, call to action wars, what's getting measured, accelerating effective marketing. There's a lot of marketing happening, and this actually, this is great because it's a perfect transition into our discussion panel tonight about logistics, SEO, marketing, and website optimization. You know, if you're optimizing your business online and you work in auto logistics, what type of shipping services do you offer? Can you talk about, you know, all the different aspects of shipping services you offer? You know, what factors cost, right? This way, a new a shopper, a potential customer, is already reading about what you're going to talk about when you give them a quote. What do you have for insurance and safety? What's your timeliness, speed of delivery, customer service, communication? How about some reviews? You got some reviews on your website? So all those things are going to come into play in discussion in tonight's panel. Uh, this is news. ACV fulfills a multi-year mission with the launch of ClearCar. What is ClearCar? We're going to learn more about ClearCar actually tomorrow live on ATI. But before we do, ACV Chief Executive George Shamoon summarized a five-year journey the company has taken to deploy this new tool. ACV introduced ClearCar, which introduces artificial intelligence and real-time market data to accurately price vehicles based on their condition, like right now. ClearCar consists of ClearCar Price and ClearCar Capture. ClearCar Price is a digital pricing engine, a price estimation tool that resides on the dealer's website, provides a consumer a precise value estimate for their vehicle, not a rough range, pretty precise. Clear Capture, uh, Clear Car Capture, complimentary product that allows consumers to submit photos of their vehicles for further documentation of condition. This gets into AI imaging, self-inspection. So Clear Car Caption, Clear Car Capture Inspection, Clear Car Price Value. So we're going to learn more about that. Um, this is pretty big. Pretty, this is pretty big news in the dealer community. John Gabriel, founder of All Cars, he says, "I'm a traditional dealer with close to 40 years' experience, but as the market evolved, I knew we needed to take a digital e-commerce approach to continue to grow and compete." And ClearCar has wow. This year, we're already up over 600 percent in car buying over last year with ClearCar. And I know that sounds like it sounds like I'm doing a commercial right now, but here's the deal. We gotta learn these technologies because this is our potential next partner to growing our own business, leading to further business development. I'm gonna hit. Okay. Um, you know, we've done uh, live coverage at Digital Dealer in the past, and this is no different. Tomorrow, uh, ATI is going to go live with ACV Auctions at 3 p.m. Central Time from their booth. So we already looked where, okay, there's the SYCN booth. Let's go over here by the hosted dealer entrance, ACV Auctions in booth 1120. We're going to be live with ACV on ATI tomorrow at 3 o'clock Central. And, by the way, uh, Doug Haddon, also of ACV, will be in the Embracing AI Transportation Logistics 
uh, workshop at Used Car Week on Thursday, November 7th. So lots happening. We're pretty excited about it. Thank you. Holman introduces a suite of services to help fleets tra transition to EVs. I saw this article and I thought, now this would be a good idea in auto logistics, right? There's obviously there's a lot to know about EVs. And so they've outlined a different modules of training, home charging management, driver reimbursement, depot management, EV connectivity, workplace charging, public charging, EV driver training. What would that look like in auto logistics and transportation. What would these modules look like? Let's put it together, let's talk. Let's do lunch. Uh, final story, vehicle thefts on, on record pace in 2023. This is in Auto Remarketing Magazine. This is in, uh, actually I saw many news publications talking about rising vehicle theft. Well, I have a story. Uh, I got a phone call and this was, gosh, I think it was yesterday that I got this phone call. That there was a car, and we'll just say it was in Corpus Christi. And this car needed to go to Dallas. And it was posted up on Central, uh, paying 200 bucks a car, quick pay. And it was posted, and, you know, in the dispatch sheet, text me to get the dispatch. Well, I don't know how, and I guess we're going to find out, or we're not but a fraudulent copy of the dispatch sheet ended up on Central, we don't know how much later, with the same two cars, with the full VIN numbers of both cars, saying we'll give you cash if you deliver both cars to the Laredo area. And I've got the dispatch sheets and I fuzzed out the company info. The question is, so, all right, how many fraudulent dispatch sheets are ending up on load boards that are clear fraud? Because let me tell you, uh, the carrier booked this one before a carrier booked this one. And this car got delivered for cash and, I'm sorry, these two cars got delivered for cash and they're gone. That's it. Goodbye. Cars are missing. Then a carrier tried to... Book, well, did book this one, went to go pick them up. Guess what? They were already picked up. They are already gone. Police reports, etc. Now, uh, you know the load board we're talking about. And it's, this story isn't about that load board as much as it is, what do we do? So this is the, this is the correct dispatch sheet. Looks fine. Don't see a problem. Um, I don't see a problem. Contract terms, email the VOL, call or text for any questions. Fine. That's the original. Here's the fake. Now, what's interesting is as you look at the fake dispatch sheet, you notice a pattern. Order ID, only text me. Dispatch instructions, only text me. Additional terms, only text me. Also on the pickup and deliver information, contact dispatcher, 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 text me, text me, text me. So, I guess the first red flag is, if you see a dispatch sheet, or only text me, text me, but here's where, here's where it got real tricky. And this was a pretty well put together fraudulent dispatch sheet, is that in the shipper instructions, there was an actual shipper right there, but that shipper didn't have anything to do with the shipment. Fascinating stuff. 
If you hear a fraud or other stories like this that need to be reported by the neutral zone, ding, contact ATI. Oh, see, I don't have the bell because I got a text. No, it wasn't a text. It was an email. I got an email that asked me. No, it was a comment. I got a comment on YouTube asking me if there was any chance I could stop with the effing bell. It's annoying. Makes my show unwatchable and couldn't continue watching. Now, I've had a couple other comments, and where there's smoke, there's fire, and I suppose the bell was on fire. So I, well, first, uh, judiciously thought, I should take a poll. So I went up on LinkedIn, created a poll. Should I stop ringing the bell during my shows? And the options were this. Yes, I hate the bell. No, I love the bell. The bell doesn't bother me. And what is ATI? Well, the results are in... Alright, stop with that. And we have the results. Yes, I hate the bell at 14%. No, I love the bell at 53%. The bell doesn't bother me. A third of the people said the bell doesn't bother me. And nobody said what is ATI. Actually, I'm gonna go ahead. So uh well, so I'm now six days without the bell. Actually I'm seven. This was yesterday. I went and shared everybody. I'm sure everybody on LinkedIn is really happy to hear that I'm six days without the bell. Actually, seven. So you know, you know, you gotta you gotta roll with the changes. That's what it is, and that's what we do. Leverage ATI in your business. We don't ship cars. We move information. There's a lot of information to be moved, and frankly, I think that the neutral zone does it in a very unique way. So I'll tell you what, let's do this. What we're going to do is we're now going to go to our UAW strike impact on car hauling report with Joe Bercari. Right after this, stick around. We'll be right back. Are you completely stressed out from all the calls and the contracts and the verifications of loads where nobody ever answers the phone? Call Murphy Auto Dispatch Services today. Murphy Auto Dispatch Services has over 15 years in the transport industry. We are your office while you are on the road. We book, we verify, and we bill out your loads for you. We have an excellent accounting staff and an even better dispatch team. Give us a call today at 417-273-0021. Or if you want to email me, it's murphyautotransport31 at yahoo.com. Give us a call today. Transport Auto Quoter is by far the leading auto quoting software on the market and the only auto quoter with a pro version that comes preset with accurate pricing for anywhere in the U.S. So you don't have to worry about it. The best part is that no change with your current software is needed. Just plug TAQ in and start booking jobs. Carriers can easily plug TAQ into their current websites and start making money right away. I bet you're wondering how we do this instantly and accurately 24-7. Well, constant analytics is the key. Our PriceWatch team is constantly monitoring current market conditions, paying close attention to seasonal and quick-moving industry changes. At the end of the day, it takes a lot of time and data to maintain good pricing, time that most of us just don't have on a daily basis. So free yourself up. Using TAQ Pro is really a no-brainer. Save time and money, maximizing your leads and optimizing your online investments. You'll finally be able to sleep well at night knowing that TAQ is on the job selling for you 24-7. Never missing a potential job.
Are you searching for that midnight auto shipping quote and new lead software you can trust? Provide instant accurate quotes online with Transport Auto Quote or quote the price right the first time. Visit transportautoquoter.com. Thank you so much for taking the time to jump in to the live chat and say hello. I'll post some links in there here in a second, but let's do this before we go any further. We have a UAW strike impact on car hauling update with Joe Bercari. Ding, here we go. Joe, can you see me and hear me okay? Very loud and clear. How you doing? I'm doing good. I can see you. I can hear you. We don't have a lot of time. And we have, I mean, this is important stuff. So, in a nutshell, I think you mentioned to me that there were kind of three main areas of impact. Take it away. Well, I'm actually going to change the script on you a little bit based oh, on good. some new information. <laughs> um, not, not too much. Uh, I, I was just checking today. Uh, t- current uh, 34,000 employees currently on strike as of this moment today. And to put that in perspective, uh, about two weeks ago, I think that number was around 18,500. So that is a pretty big escalation. Uh, obviously, the most recent news is the, is the plant in Kentucky going on strike. And that had a, has had a, a measurable impact, uh, certainly on the dialogue between the parties. There's been all kinds of news coverage. You know, you can spend some time clicking around and learning all of that stuff. Um, you know, the short version of the story is that uh, the sides at this time are still, you know, they're still arm wrestling to figure out, you know, who, 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 who has the better leveraging position and, you know, how that's going to shake itself out. Um, but 34,000 people out of work, that is, that is pretty serious. So that's thing number one I wanted to point out. Well, thing number two I wanted to point out, let's think about this now. And again, I, I like to zoom out to the bigger picture from time to time. And, I, and so I think this is, a, this is a good way to look at this. The question you ask is, is the strike affecting car haul? And the answer is, of course, it has to be. How can it not? Um, when we started, uh, when we went through the, the whole COVID shutdown in 2020, if you were to boil it down and really look at, like, you know, what happened in 2020, in essence, we had a lead up, you know, a rising action, nine weeks as, as the federal government viewed this was nine weeks of interruption to the economy, radical interruption to the economy. And then after that kind of a falling action, as we worked our way through all of the various things that happened and not trying to get into political political things or whatever, but, um, you know, rising action, nine weeks, falling action. Okay. Rising action was the lead up in September to this strike. From the very first plant and the very first work stoppage and the very first, you know, uh, stand-up strike as it was announced by the UAW, we are now into week five. So think about what nine weeks did to our industry in 2020, and we're in week five in some of our, in some of our key locations across the overall industry. So it that is a very, very measurable impact. It certainly is, is having a very, very measurable impact on dealer inventories, on parts inventories, and certainly on the way that our business conducts itself, you know, as these, uh, these changes are taking place. So that's, that's kind of thing number two of this equation. 
Thing number three, and this is the this is the thing that didn't change, is that the strategic decision for the for the shutdown of various uh, parts plants, stamping plants, and other types and other component uh, plants that feed uh, the rest of the overall network. And this is again, this this was a statement that was made by General Motors about three weeks ago, is that the interconnectivity of all of these assembly plants and their manufacturing uh, plants, stamping plants, and parts plants is extremely fragile. And so what we have been seeing is that by doing uh, an action in this location over here, it has a sort of a, a magnifying effect at other locations. Well, those other locations, maybe the plant doesn't necessarily shut down, but the interruptions of parts supply can absolutely have an impact on the amount of volume that a plant is able to produce. And that is falling down into the logistics space in the, in the realm of smaller volumes, diminished volumes, maybe less quality of load, maybe traffic that used to be available on the, on the load boards is not available anymore because fleets are protecting their own, uh, their own investments. So I think that those are the three ways that we are currently seeing uh, this picture unfold. How does it end? We're all spectators. Uh, we all hope for the best. We want the sides to come to a swift resolution where everybody's happy. That's a helpful overview analysis. It really is. Um, and I didn't, you know, when you say it, some of the things you said make you see the impact growing. Um, are Is there a time cliff coming? Well, that's a great question. I, I, the only people that know that are the parties in negotiation, if you ask me. Um, you know, Ford has been public about some of their commentary. Um, General Motors has, has had their, you know, their statements. You know, what, what's interesting about this particular strike, it's different than others, is that uh, it, a lot of it is a lot of the narrative has taken place in social media, whereas before the parties kind of went behind closed doors. What happened in that room, nobody knew until they all emerged shaking hands and say, hey, this is the deal we've got. Uh, now it's the, the battle is a little bit more in the public space, and that, that's kind of interesting, and that's shaken things up quite a bit. Just a few days ago I saw, or actually I think it was just this morning, said that uh, uh, you know, we're seeing a lot more um, uh, like op-ed type statements from various leadership within uh, the manufacturers, and, um, and the, the, the UAW is responding to them very, very directly which did not happen in the past. So, you know, yeah, this is Sean kind of uncharted Fain. territories. He, Sean Fain, I think, said, I am no longer Mr. Predictable. And so you're, the, what you just said is, like, we're getting daily updates yeah. and nuance beyond facts. I think, uh, what uh, what's Ford guy's name? Why am I dropping a blank? Jim, Jim Farley. Farley. And then I think he was up on stage talking about how it was interesting. He actually was saying how, like, the UAW needs to side with him and Ford mm -hmm. and GM and Stellantis so that they can band together against the real enemy, which is, like, Tesla and Honda. And I found that all really interesting. It was really, like, yeah. and Sean, well crafted Sean, Sean Fain's response was, was very quick right after that. So What did he say? He, he uh... 
uh, he, he said that, uh, that the enemy is never the worker, in so many words. He said uh, that uh, he viewed uh, Tesla and Toyota as future UAW members. Point Sean Fain, because that's the thing is, I thought, actually, I thought, Jim, I thought, that's a good argument, but I don't think I'm buying it. Well, I, you know, again, I'm not taking sides. No, I'm trying, we're, 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 we're yeah, kind of, you know, right. we're, we're watching okay, as it so, happens. Having said that, since we have a few minutes left, uh, Kentucky truck plant, this is the newest big problem. Yeah. Right? It's, because if it's, you're hauling in or out of there, that's a problem. Well, that that plant is uh, is is where Ford builds its you know very very um, high selling very popular uh, F series uh, Super Duty pickup truck and um, so you know this is a, a a real shot across the bow um, and I think that uh, you know th this is a very in demand vehicle all the time and. Uh, I, I think that it's this does two things. Uh, it puts a squeeze on uh, on the manufacturing side for sure, but it's going to put a squeeze on the consumer side as well. And to me, that you know goes to the tactic that is being employed to try and spread the you know spread support out you know above and beyond just the membership and maybe also into the marketplace. Whether that works or doesn't work, we'll see. Um, but uh, and I, I would say that um, that. I, I would be. Uh, Ford reacted very strongly uh, to that determination, and the UAW's response is, "We're not going to wait till Fridays anymore to announce closures." So, I would say things are escalating, and we'll see what happens. See how it goes. It, it seems like the UAW knows their network pretty well. Yeah, they know where to pull the levers, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, can you like you said, the stamping plant? Nobody would know how important that is mm -hmm. to then the rest of the supply chain. Um, also, just mentioning Wentzville, that's a problem area. Yeah, Wentzville, <clears throat> Wentzville has uh, has uh, uh, facilities there that feed other assembly plants, and most notably Fairfax. And General Motors was forced to close down uh, their Fairfax plant about uh, three weeks, four weeks ago, whatever it was. Uh, because they basically no longer had that that array of parts or supplies or whatever it was that Wentzville was feeding them. So yeah, it, that's a that and that then, was a and then you two for one Toledo assembly plant, right? Mm -hmm. That's another one. And Toledo uh, was one of the was the first uh, Stellantis plant that was uh, that was uh, targeted, and uh, it also serves as a distribution center for for other volume that kind of mixes around and moves all over the place. Um, so, you know, th there's an impact there as well. You know, it, you, you see, you know, you, you don't necessarily see it in very, very broad strokes, but if you take each of these little things in, you know, each of these subtle little things, they add up and it, you know, what does it mean? It means that, uh, that lanes are drying up for car haulers and, um, you know, we have to do the best we can to work our way through it, and you know, hopefully, so, we'll be able to. Now, Sky Hallman points out, but yeah, what about the backlog that the the OEMs have? How does that come into play here? Of it, you know, is there an inventory backlog where they can say, well, no, that isn't a problem. The only people that know that are the manufacturers, and 
Uh, you know, they're going to keep that information pretty quiet for obvious reasons, I think. Um, I would say, uh, let me say it this way. A lot of these folks, they've done this before. They've, you know, there've been several negotiations before. Uh, they've, they've thought their way through this and strategized their way through this before. So I think that, uh, that they're, they're, they have a playbook, uh, that they're following and, um, you know, trying to, to just work through all these problems as they can. All right. So if this continues for another 30 days, maybe we'll call you back and take a look at what's happening at that point. Yeah, I, I, I would say if this continues for another 30 days and there, and then that means there probably were escalations. If there were escalations, then uh, then you won't need me to see the impact on the industry. It's going to be, you'll hear it in chat. We'll have a, we'll have a group of people then. Oh, you'll, yeah, you will. <laughs> yes, we will. All right. Well, Joe, listen, thank you so much for this update, the strike impact on car hauling, and we'll all stay tuned. Well, I'm sure. Best we'll of luck, everybody. Soon. Thanks so much, Thanks. Joe. All right. Take yeah. care. Thank you. All right, so now it is on time to go to, we're going to go to our regularly scheduled panel, logistics, SEO, website, leads, and optimization. Um, we have a great panel scheduled, so stick around because we'll be right back after this. Auction V Commerce is the universal support solution to help brick and mortar auctions respond to the needs of digital buyers and sellers with greater efficiency accountability, and more access. Auction V Commerce is a bridge between the dealers of the past and the auction of the future. Are you ready to take a leap into the future of vehicle logistics? Auto Hauler Exchange is the first pure B2B marketplace in vehicle logistics, where shippers and carriers live and work directly in one ecosystem with no middleman. Shippers simply post their shipping opportunities directly to highly vetted carriers around the country. Once a carrier sees a shipment opportunity which fits their need, they simply check that shipment out of the exchange with just a few clicks of a button and with no third-party interaction, getting your vehicle on the road with ease. We have proven our B2B marketplace is a more efficient, transparent model for vehicle logistics, where shippers and carriers connect one-on-one. -on -one. Take it from our clients themselves. Get off the vehicle hauling roller coaster today with Auto Hauler Exchange. Auto Hall Exchange B2B Marketplace connects shippers directly with carriers, and that means putting the power of the business transaction back in the carrier's hands. Visit AutoHallerExchange.com. All right, thanks so much for joining us on the second half. Here we go. Let's bring in our panel. We're talking about logistics, SEO, website, marketing, leads, and more. Oh, ding. I don't have my bell. Actually, I, I, haven't do. Heard, I haven't heard this famous bell yet. I hit, There it is. Uh. See, what I did is I moved it. <laughs> yeah. So it would take extra work to get to it. There you go. Yeah. So, um, all right. Chris, Hawaii. Correct? Yes, Welcome sir. back. It's great to have you back. Jamie Seward, first right. time here. Yep, right? Very Warby. happy to be here with you. Awesome. Yes, sir. Sky Hallman, One Auction View, is here. Awesome. Thank you, Sky. 
So, um, Brooke couldn't make it. She's a digital dealer. Partying. Making deals. Buying sneakers. Know. Having all kinds of fun. Right. Having a great time. <laughs> so, I'm not a digital dealer. Anybody else not a digital dealer? Not this year. Right. Not this year. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Now, this is not... This is not a, you know, digital dealer opposition show. This is a show. We're not there, but we know how important this stuff is. Frankly, I'd love to be there sitting in sessions, networking, etc. right? How does this apply to lead gen, website optimization? Um, Chris, you love to talk about SEO marketing. Why don't you kick us off? What are you talking about every day? Yeah, so a whole lot to unpack from what you said, right? There's a whole different lot of rabbit holes we can go down there. But I think in essence, really the buzzword that's been going around for at least a year plus now, I can say, you know, is the buzzword CDP. Now you can hear CDP, CDD, uh, we call it an integrated marketing cloud uh, at Stream. Um, so there's a lot of different terms for it. But basically what we're looking to do is primarily help dealerships stop with their ad waste. And by doing that, they're using a customer data portal to do that. Uh, and using that customer data portal, we're able to do a plethora of things. One of the main things we're able to do is identity resolution. That's being able to take from a dealership's uh, DMS system or CRM depending. Uh, all the different clients that they have that are the same person, but have different variations of their identity. So let's say they have different email addresses or maybe J in one of their profiles, it's spelled J-A-Y and the other one it's J-A-Y-E, but it's the same person, right? So identifying that, resolving that down to the single person, it's helping dealership be able to focus on that single person instead of marketing to all the variations. That's part one. Another huge part of it is the first party data. Jay, tell me, how much are you aware of third-party data? And that'll give me an idea of so, who we're talking to and who's viewing the show. I'm glad you asked it. So CDP, right? We're talking about CDP because, honestly, I'm here to learn more about, like, CDP, first-party data, third-party data. It gets mixed up in my mind what we're talking about. Sure. Right. So, But we, I think, yeah. I think, now that I said that, I think what we're talking about is is the data that I'm getting actually from the person or from somebody else? Is that what we're talking about? Yes, yeah, sort of. So that's a great question. I'm going to hand this off to Jamie because Orby, Jamie, correct me if I'm wrong. Orby is specifically a CDP and, and that's their title, correct? Correct, yes. All right, so I'll let and Jamie so, take it in from here. We'll, we'll kind of go around in a circle. <laughs> I appreciate it, Chris. Uh, so yes, Jay, in a way, First party data, if you want to think about it, is when someone visits your website, right? And so once they're there, it's how are you uh, watching their behavior? How are you collecting that information? You know, if they're filling out a form, are you, let's say they visit the website on day one, but they don't fill out a form until, let's say, day 20, once they fill that form out. Now we can connect all that behavior together. And what that allows the dealership to do uh, is then segment those folks into different audiences, right? Because a truck shopper is going to be different than, let's say, a sedan shopper or a sports car shopper, right? And you want to market to those folks in a very specific manner that speaks to them and personalize it. Um, and so the CDP allows you to do that automatically, right? So you can launch display ads, search ads, social media banners, email marketing, et cetera, uh, without having to go through this painstaking process of manually 
building out all these creatives and all these uh, campaigns, and we let the platform basically run on its own. You know, it's interesting, as I think about this, right, because, okay, if I'm a consumer and I'm asked questions, I want to answer as little as possible. <laughs> but then, now that you're the business owner, the question is, well, who are we talking to? Well, well, we need more data, but they don't want to tell us. So how do you get around that? You need more first-party data, but they don't want to tell you. What do you do? Cookies and tracking. Right. And so originally, uh, the way that it was set up, Jay, is was third-party cookies, right? Third-party cookies is kind of like the creepy guy of, of data, right? So third-party cookies have pretty much gone away. Um, if you own an iPhone and you use Safari, they're not going to collect third-party cookies for you. You can't put it on there anymore. So first-party cookies came along, and then what we had to deal with was a lot of uh, cookie depreciation. Basically, what was happening, Jay, to simplify it is less than 30% of the people that were going to websites, we were actually able to retarget because of that. So, so what's happening with um, the new technology that we have and cookie-less first-party data and stuff like that, we're able to, instead of putting a pixel or cookie on the person's device who's visiting the website, it's actually on the website itself, and we're able to track people that way. So it's a lot less invasive, but we're still able to get a lot of data from it. So, all right, now I'm thinking this. If I was to try to get new customers online, this is, it's not super simple anymore, isn't it? Don't I need some smart guys like you guys to help me build a smart, is that right? A, and I'll say as a car dealer of 21 years, I've learned that you have to pivot and innovate all the time. And I think that's what's most important in today's world of technology. Everything's technology fueled. So what's really neat for car dealers in today's world and anybody really for that matter, embracing technology is that on your site with companies like Orbi and, 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 so, and so forth that they can help the customer to pick up on that journey where they leave off. Because uh, somebody goes to the dealership website, look at a car, they may pull up on their cell phone, they look at it, or, you know, retargeting, they're on Facebook, and bam, there, there's, that, there's that, that dealership again showing me that, uh, that nice F-250 I should buy. And that's, that's where it is. It's in your face, reminding you, reminding you, reminding you. And that's obviously what gets through to the consumer is that repetition, repetition, repetition. Did I say repetition? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I want to, okay, so I want to remind everybody. So in my mind, I'm thinking about dealer websites and marketing, but also logistics websites and marketing. And when I say that, so like you've got, all right, carriers move vehicles, but you've got companies that are often called brokers or other types of companies that are actually getting those leads because they have a much larger marketing machine to get those leads, then they take that business and farm it out to carriers to do the work. Many carriers say, well, I would like to get the work directly. The question then is, well, do you have a way of bringing in those leads? And I know some are like, well, no, but I'd like to build a way if that can be done. And so that's part of what I'm thinking about right now. I think dealers are way ahead of the average carrier business when it comes to bringing in leads and website marketing, et cetera. Yeah. 
yeah. without a doubt. That's why the word SEO, search engine optimization, is in itself, you know, you got to optimize what you're doing. And, uh, and that's obviously the key to search engines. And being shown is if you're optimizing your, your page, so it's showing in those results. So uh, I'm sure the rest of the panel could speak to that as well. Right. How do you do that? Yeah, so it's, it's interesting because <laughs> the, it's very similar to what car dealerships face, right? And so I've been in the, the business on the dealer side and on the vendor side multiple times, kind of back and forth. So I just ended a 12-year run you know, at a dealership. And so dealerships are also facing that same dilemma where it comes to, do I buy leads, right, from let's say a, an aggregator like a CarGurus or an auto trader or cars.com, that sort of deal? Or do I put more effort and spend, et cetera, more budget into just trying to get those folks to me directly so I don't have to pay that third party, which sounds extremely similar to, to the situation that you just mentioned. And so there are ways that for sure SEO, although Certain types of SEO are more long game, right? But there's a lot of quick things you can do, especially in terms of, let's say, local SEO. And what I mean by local SEO, things like your Google business page, right? Your Apple Maps listing, your, and I'm sure there's other aggregators that are specific to the shipping industry. You know, you want to make sure that those are looking tip top, right? That they're 100%. You've got questions and answers. You've got reviews that you're responding to. All your information looks the same across all these different listing sites. You know, and there's a lot of simple ways to do that um, with different places that will aggregate this information for you automatically so you're not having to manage each one individually. Yeah, no, that's, that's sharp. That reminds me of 15 years ago. I was buying road loans. You remember the road loans? Oh, yeah. uh, yep, you could yep. buy those. And they were expensive. They were, like, they were like 40, 50 bucks a clip to buy those. And you had to buy a bulk of them. So me being the entrepreneur said, I'm just going to, I'm going to set up feeder websites. So I bought like mm -hmm. five or seven different URLs and mm -hmm. I created, created my own and, and I, and I paid some basic SEO and I was getting my own, my own leads uh, based on that. And instead of paying those and paying those uh you know high cost for the leads so it's yep. i think it's the same thing i think you could do the same thing for transport as well if you have another url that you could obviously bake in you know there's so much neat ai content that you could do that drives sure. that drives stuff automatically to your site so so you automatically get more more uh, your search engine friendly the Definitely. thing is is that now it is so competitive am i right i mean isn't it between well what are the top ingredients that go into ranking on the first page of google because the second page money. i mean right it was money <laughs> so yeah um basically it's like there what i look at it today is there's more like what i would think of as modern seo versus like your classic sort of seo and your classic seo is that Typical sort of website structure type of stuff, right? With making sure you you have the, all these different page titles and tags and all that good stuff. But a lot of what's causing rankings today to increase is actually based on simple things like a PageSpeed Insights report, right? So Google sets up a, a report called PageSpeed, and you simply type your URL in there, it'll give you a grade, okay? And the higher that grade is, and it's basically a conglomerate of, of four different metrics, you will actually begin to rank higher. Now, it will take like a, a website provider or someone internal to help you do some of that stuff. 
but the fa- basically what it comes down to is the more accessible and faster your site loads, the more Google sees that when people go to your site, they don't have to wait for it to load. It's a good experience, right? And that that's generally speaking now in the modern times how rankings can be increased. Chris, I don't know if you've seen similar. No, I, I, you know, and I, I think you hit the, the nail on the head is that accessibility, right? So Jay, Google doesn't really care about your business. And what I mean by that is Google cares about the searcher. Google cares about if this searcher is looking for something, I want to make sure that I'm putting the right business or the right thing that I'm, is being searched for in front of that customer. So making sure, you know, there's no four or four errors on your website, making sure all those simple things are done. And then like on a Google My Business page, if there's questions on there, make sure they're answered by the, the, the company and things like that. The, Google wants to put the best business possible in front of the searcher. See, this is why I like having meetings like this because it makes me think because I don't think about this every day and in fact like if I want to go to implement this stuff I feel like I need to talk to somebody that can actually do it because I mean the page feed thing great idea I don't know how to do that but that sounds awesome (laughs) yeah and and the the good thing honestly my favorite thing is like we've been hearing you know before we came on here all these different factors right with the economy and the strikes and these are all things that basically are out of our hands right we can't control any of that and i'd rather focus my time and energy on things i can control right so all these things that we're talking about whether it's using a cdp or serving up a new campaign or working on your local seo etc these are all things that you could control and so you should feel good about that part right because i agree with that we have all the power in the world i was i said i posted it on linkedin early because i said it to myself What's your marketing strategy during a market squeeze? Because can't control the market, but I can't control my marketing. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. You have to yeah. innovate. Gonna... Go ahead, Scott. Yeah. No, I just was going to say you have to innovate. Go ahead, Chris. Absolutely, and I, you know, I'm going to use that as a segue, kind of into more about CDPs uh, and our IMC. So as we're in a market squeeze, uh, I don't know about you, Jamie, and how your perception is on this guy. But the more dealers I talk to, they're looking to run skinny everybody kind of knows what's coming about and so they're not they're looking to make the best of all their ad dollars and the best of their ad spend and so one of the huge benefits of using a cdp like orby or coming on with an imc like at stream and full throttle is what dealers or in your case jay with your transporters what they don't always realize is that they don't necessarily need more lead sources they probably have thousands or tens of thousands of people on their website at any given month that they're not always getting back and retargeting to properly. So when you use a CDP or use an IMC, we're able to retarget those people that are on the website now. And there's a 70% chance that you're going to resell somebody if you can retarget them if they've already been on your site. So going back and retargeting and marketing those people that are already there, it's a way to better spend your ad dollars. Instead of having to spend more, it's just spending them more properly and smarter. So when we're in this market squeeze, we can kind of make the best of the dollars that they have. You just made me think of something. So, all right, whether it came through SEO or your website or word of mouth, whatever happened, you got a lead. (laughs) Are you ready? Right? Are you ready for that lead? Are you going to respond quickly with quality? What are you doing with that lead? 
this is a question for all of us. That's a CRM okay. process question. That yeah. Oh, perfect. Okay. That's, I see that's good. Yeah. And I'll tell you, as a card dealer, I've, I've used a lot of cutting-edge tools for the years. And some of them, I'll tell you, AutoTrader did one for an auto-reply. They tried to do that uh, for customers. So they respond, and, and somebody get an instant hit 24 hours of the day, anytime. And, and it was uh, uh, an AI sort of thing slash human, and it, and it was absolutely terrible. So I think that's the, the, the point that I think we're talking here, that if you're going to have someone respond on your behalf, it has, to be, it has to be part of your core vision and your value prop of who you are and what you do, not just some uh you know basic yeah you know they're out of the office let's get a hold of you or i'll call you back some something that's a bs sort right. of response like Nobody some generic really bot you know you've heard yes, of that you're like no exactly. no um i've noticed when i get an email i get random emails i never know what they're going to be sometimes they're shippers but i know i look at when that email came in the clock began ticking the second they hit send and I can almost predict what will happen based on how long I've waited to get back. Mm. And so if I can get back quickly with any response, you know, and, and yeah, and like there you said it. Okay, so they're, so they're thinking, oh, okay, I know that's Jay at ATI, all right, and not some bot. Um, he was rather quick and seemed to say something relevant to my question. From that moment on, I should be pretty good. But if I've, I've I've seen some come in, and I mean, days went by. You know, it doesn't I even matter. I've, I could I could send three paragraphs. It doesn't matter now. <laughs> there's there's definitely a balance, right? With a lot, you know, it goes with anything. Like you want to respond quickly, but if that response is not relevant, like you said, Jay, and you know, Sky, like you said too, you don't want to have just like a random bot. If it's got to be something personal and relevant, otherwise. You know, what's the point? I don't know how many times in different dealerships that I've been to where you look at CRM responses and it's like it's obvious that someone is just copying, pasting the same response over and over again, or they're just letting the machine sort of do it. And those are always going to get poorer response rates than than actually answering the questions, you know, that most people are are asking. So I was having this conversation literally around three o'clock today on Colin Thomas's podcast. And we're talking about after hours responses. And, and Sky, I don't know what you implement there, but you know, you talked about a value prop being in that, you know, after hours kind of thing. Now, for me personally, as being a consumer myself, if I'm looking at a car on a dealer's website at 10 p.m. and I put in a lead or a question or a submission, even if I got something back that was generic that said, Hey, this is Jay's Auto Palace. You know, thanks for contacting us. We got this on this car. Let us tell you a little bit about our business, and then your value prop can be in there. You know, we open at 9 p.m., you know, 9 a.m. the next morning. Someone will reach out to you then. For me, that's great as a consumer because I want to know, you know, customers are anxious and they're dealing with anxiety when dealing with the dealership or any business for that matter. And so, you know, by submitting that, they want to know, one, did you get it, right? If I give you my email and I ask a question, like you said, Jay, sometimes three days go by without a response. Well, I want to get a response right away so I can relax and know that, hey, you got 
the question or the, or the the lead that I put in. And then two, just acknowledging that, hey, this is the, the car you're looking for. This is the car that you submitted on. And even if it's generic, I think it works pretty well, even if it's after hours. It's interesting Please. how, as consumers, just want to say this, as consumers, we've gotten to where it doesn't matter what time it is, we're looking for a response. Instant gratification. <laughs> Instant gratification. It could be 2 a.m. <laughs> on everything. But we just want someone to know that something didn't go to La La, La Land. You know, we just want, we want that, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, 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 I think, the society we're in. It doesn't matter what it is, wherever you're shopping. We want, you know, the consumer wants to know that someone is listening to to what they want. Absolutely. You walk into a busy bar. If the bar restaurant, whatever, hostess says, hey, I'll see you. Totally. I see you there. Right. I'll be right with you, sir. If you want the menus right there, whatever it may be, it's just acknowledgement. Right. We just want to know that we're seen and we're heard. And I think that's, you know, probably the first step. And, and Jay, we talked about customer experience last time I was on the show. That's probably one of the first steps to having a good customer experience is that first initial. Even if it's I guess maybe. So if you're a driver, you're a carrier, um, even if it's, hey, I, I'm on the road, I'll get back to you, you know. That's I'm it. driving. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's I'm good. driving right now. I'd love to talk to you, but uh, obviously I can't. You know, I I agree. Something like that. It's pretty interesting. Um, we're in our final thoughts here. I mean, we covered a lot. What I really wanted to do was, I wanted to in this topic is I wanted to make anybody watching that's in the live chat, or watching on demand, to be thinking, yeah, that's true. I haven't thought about my website or my so we didn't even talk about social media. I mean, I'm on social media constantly, but I really think about what am I what am I posting? Right? What's the image and what's the text? I don't just randomly it might look random, but it's not. I's the more random one and you're the more thought out guy, Jay's the house. So <laughs> It's interesting is that, I mean, I really do, but I, I want some random, but I, I really do try to think, I mean, why am I sharing this, right? Because I think as a user, right, based on some of the things I see, so I, I definitely see things and I'm like, why did you share that? So I, I, I think when you get started, it's important to, if you're getting started, I should say, to just go ahead and try everything, right? Try different things. Try pictures. Try videos. Try videos of different topics, and then you'll and then just watch it and see what is getting more eyeballs. And then then you can start to focus that message as time goes on. Well, now that's a I good call idea. that spaghetti on the wall. See what there sticks. You go. Oh, see what sticks. <laughs> right. Give it a try. I mean, so, it's better than than staying static, right? Not trying anything at all. So it, it is spaghetti on the wall. The nice way to put it is finding your niche. There you go. Oh yeah, AKA. So, I mean, do you recommend that for a business, trying to drum up business? If you're getting started and, again, you don't have a niche or you don't have a target market or you don't have a demographic or you don't know what to go at or, or who, to, who to go for, yeah, I would try a few things. I don't think I would try sure. everything personally, but I would try a few and see which seems to get more um, you know, interactions, more comments, more likes and things like that, and then go from there. And then you're going to kind of know first off is this the audience that i really want to target am i getting the audience interacting with the way i want to and if so then you can focus more on them that way oh how about this one can we 
can we give any summary to the different types of social media? Like there was the session on if you're a dealer using TikTok or if you're on Instagram or if you're on Twitter or you're on YouTube or you're on LinkedIn or I don't know, Truth Social. You know, is there a different type of, I don't know, anything to add there? Are they all the Absolutely. same? It depends on where your audience is. I think okay. that's the key is where's your audience Who and who is your audience? And then connecting those dots. All They're right. all tools, Jay. They're all tools, and I would say use each tool appropriately for the job at hand. Okay, but give it a try. Do something, right? Or don't. You're, you're never, you're never gonna know until you try. I mean, some of it may end up being, you know, uh, wasteful, if you will, or not, not. There's no return, and so then you would, you would quit oh, that channel, or and just focus your efforts where we're getting. Eye conversation. <laughs> we can't or help it. It's what we do all day. <laughs> Minimal input for maximum output. That's something I like to say. <laughs> but it, it, I love the ROI thing because it always yeah. comes back to what did we spend our money on? And I'm sure. always saying, hold on. You got to keep trying a little bit longer. You can't, you can't just go one week and say, okay, what did we get? For, oh, certainly, yeah. You can't do that with, with anything that we're talking about. A week or two weeks or even ten a month years. is. I want ten years. There you go. Give me now ten we're talking years. Jay. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Any time. Look, what is it? Look at look at things as a quarter. Do it as, as a quarter. quarter. I'm a quarters guy. Yeah. Yeah. At a, at a minimum, I would say for sure. Ninety days. Minimum. There you go. Ninety days. Two weeks. It's just like the plumber. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Right? That was a movie, right? <laughs> That's Total from recall. Total Recall. Uh, let's go. Oh, let's go yeah, on. man. That's awesome. Two <laughs> weeks. Um, all right. So any final thoughts? I mean, we're here. We're, we made it to 8 o'clock. Yeah. Wow. We were all over the, the map on, on this one today. Um, you know, I think overall, we just right now from my perspective is we're looking for I'm seeing probably a lot of tightening happening probably in the next six to 12 months. It might happen sooner uh, than that. Like I was mentioning before, I think we're gonna see a lot of dealers wanting to run a lot leaner. Um, and we talked about ROI and trying to get the most for their ROI, as Sky said, you know, uh, maximize with the, the most minimal. Uh, and so I think that's what I can forecast for the next six to 12 months. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm seeing. Yeah, it's good to forecast. That is a good way to end it. Because okay, so for the next ninety days, belt tightening still right. There's not a lot of experience, or is there? So I think through the end of the year, it'll get a little wild and rocky. It always mm -hmm. does. But starting beginning of first quarter next year, I think we're going to start seeing that tightening. Right, twenty twenty four. Everything's going to go crazy again. It'll be just you know, happy New Year's, and here we go. Yeah, dealers are going to look at what their year-over-year year was last year, and they're going to want to start making changes. Yep. Do we agree with that? Does the panel agree? 2024? Q1 2024? Cutting loose? It, it's hard to say. Dealers always resort back to what they know. And and sometimes they kind of kind of tighten up and, and, uh, and take a step back before they take a step forward. And it, it's really weird how they operate. And I just being being one for 21 years and hanging out with dealer friends, they always go back to what they know, what is what grounds them, and then regroup and pivot from there. Yeah, right. I think uh, you know with efficiencies and things like that, 
you want to remember things like local SEO, right? Because if you're a local business serving a local population, that's the simplest way you can make an impact. You know, so I would definitely still recommend, um, along with things like CDPs and automating a lot of that process and just making your time more effective uh, to, to really try to hone in on some of that local SEO, your Google business pages, your Apple Maps. You know, obviously Apple kind of owns North America in a lot of ways, so you want to make sure that stuff is up to date and that you're engaging, you know, on there. You're not just kind of letting it collect dust. Wise words. Thank you so much, Logistics SEO website marketing panel. We got you. That was cool. <laughs> that was interesting. I never know exactly what we're going to get, but I try to put things together and have meaning, meaningful business conversations, and I think that uh, I think we made it. So I appreciate your help. Only thing we were missing was the bell, Jay. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh, now I just ruined my days without the bell. I'll have to start at zero tomorrow. We couldn't hear it though, so I, yeah, it's, I didn't it's hear okay. It. Yeah, it sounds muffled it. over there. Oh, sounds like get you out took of the here. bell out of it. Well, maybe I need to place it somewhere else so it's not near the microphone. Maybe that's the problem. I'll try new bell placement because oh, boy. if you didn't, okay, so you you could barely hear that. Get out of here because the microphone is shooting over here. But here, if I do this, you're gonna hear this. You heard that? No, no. You didn't. You took the ring broke out into your bell. Someone got into your. Someone got into your office. They took the ringer out of the bell. You're deep. Did you hear bell. that? No. Oh, my disappointment is immeasurable. That's crazy. That makes no sense. You guys are in on something, and you're trying to trick me, and I'm not going to be fooled again. Okay. All right. Well, listen, guys. Thanks so much. Hey, stay tuned. I'm going to be live with ACV Auctions tomorrow live from Digital Dealer. So check awesome. it out if you get time. That sounds 3 o'clock tomorrow, Central Time. All right. Appreciate Chris, it, Jamie, Sky, thank you all so much. Have a great night. I'll let you go. Really appreciate you, gentlemen. Thank you. Have a great right. one. Thanks a lot. Have a good night. And here comes the end of the meeting, and there it is. Okay. All right. It's always tough to figure out how to land the plane. Never was much of a pilot. So... I want to thank everybody in the live chat and for watching later on, on demand. I didn't really go through the live chat. I haven't been doing that as much. Trying to shorten the program. I think I've cut it in half at this point. I think this show is actually less than half as long as it was before. But same great content, same great channel. Um, I want to thank Murphy Auto Transport, uh, Superflow Systems, Transport Auto Coder, Auction V Commerce, Auto Hauler Exchange, and, of course, uh, Joe Bercari at Midwestern Car Carriers, Chris Hawaii, Jamie Seward, and Sky Hallman, my guest tonight. Uh, please do join a special live event tomorrow from Digital Dealer 2023, live in Las Vegas. I'm going to be live with ACV Auctions. We're going to learn more about Clear Car. That's at 3 p.m. Central Time. There is no dispatching live or cars on the move this week. So tomorrow is the only other show this week, and then we'll be back next Tuesday night with another great show. Really interesting uh, experiment next Tuesday night, so stick around for that. Thank you so much. Here comes the car hauler. Stay safe. Keep me posted. Got something? Want to send in the news? Send it into autotransportintel at gmail.com. Oh, that's right. Uh, trying to remember my final 
closeout segments, send in your comments, autotransportintel at gmail.com. That's the podcast. It's the Car Shipment Business Channel. That's it. Oh, that was it? Oh, okay. Okay. Well, here comes the car hauler. Thank you so much. Stay safe, and we'll see you soon. Peace out.